You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Welcome, West Side Church. Let's begin today's lesson with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time to worship you to connect with you. We're at home, we're in our living rooms, we're out and about, we might be outside, we might be at the beach looking, uh, Father, at your creation, but we want our hearts and our minds to be lifted higher, and we want our lives to ultimately be lifted higher. Be with each of us today as we listen to your word, as we reflect on it. Guide us, we ask, in Jesus' name, amen. It's great being with you here for 2021. We're in our sermon series entitled Higher. And, you know, certainly we want our thoughts to be higher than they've been in the past. And today we're going to talk a little bit about God's ways and how they're higher than our ways, and specifically his promises. And I'm glad that uh, God's ways are higher than our ways. I want to begin by reading Isaiah 55, verse 9, our theme verse, where it says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And... Our culture surely indicates that mankind's ways are crazy. They're messed up. They're unhealthy. We've seen the polarization politically, emotionally, uh, in our nation. And there's a polarization and a wide divide, even economically. Uh, our actions have led to incredible um, oppression. There's racism. Uh, there's certainly sexism. There's so many issues that go on in our culture that I'm glad to know that God's ways are higher than our ways. Something that um, I learned about over the pandemic was this YouTube channel that my son watches. That there's quite a few that are popular. There's a guy named Mr. Beast. And Mr. Beast is one of the top, I think, 20 YouTube channels. It makes, I think, almost the most money. And I ended up watching a few of them with my 11-year-old, and I was just shocked. I was like, wow. The first one, just to get people to watch, he counted to 100,000, from 1 to 100,000, and videotaped the whole thing. It went viral, and from there, he launched this whole uh, continued uh, YouTube channel with the intent of simply getting people to watch him. What could he get to go viral? I watched one where he filled up his own brother's home with this expanding foam, the entire house, downstairs, upstairs, bedrooms, and then uh, kind of exploded the foam, destroying his brother's house right as his brother pulled up to the house. Of course, he had so much money from people watching his videos, he just bought his brother another house. I watched one where he bought a used car dealership and bought all the cars and then had his uh, friends sell them to passerbys for one or two dollars a car. Of course, all these videos went viral, went crazy, and I realized that, you know, our ways usually relate to uh, entertainment. They relate to things that uh, help us uh, maybe pass the time. And it's interesting to me that our culture has really descended to that level. Um, I confess I was with it. I was entertained by it. But I know that God's ways have so much more significance than the things that we get connected to or stuck on. Today I want to talk about God's ways from Isaiah chapter 55, verse 3. And I want to read there about his promises. See, he 
has promises that he holds to. He has given us promises, and we find here in the text a promise he gives about the uh, the nation and destiny of King David. So we'll begin reading there in Isaiah 55, verse 3. It says, Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. He says, Give ear to me. You know, a lot of his promises involve us responding. Some of his promises are simply unconditional. Others revolve around us making a decision or having a response. Well, here he begins and he says, Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. And I know last week we talked about listening. And I think a lot about the idea of how God says that we should listen. We should open up. We should pay attention. Listen that you may live. Unfortunately, so often we reject our Creator. I think of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, which says, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the days come when you really find no interest in God or even in life itself. And sadly, so often we don't find God in our youth, or maybe we were introduced to God through our family, but He's just not interesting enough to us because we seem to have heard it for so long. He can be boring, it seems to us, or it feels like rules. Following God's about rules. Um, Instead of fun and encouragement and enjoyment, we think of God as just things we have to do and duties we have to fulfill which is far from what God ever intended for us to feel. Sadly, we don't long to hear God, I think because often our affections, our interests, lie in other things. We long for approval of other people. Uh, We certainly long for security that comes from money. And Mr. Beast, he uh, wanted the approval, he wanted his videos to go viral, and he did make a lot of money, and he continues to do that. And yet, I know deep down, each of us longs for something much higher. You know, we long for pleasure, and we long for happiness, thinking that seeking happiness is our highest goal. The reality is, seeking Christ is what brings fulfillment. But so often, we just can't understand that, or feel that, or want that. Proverbs 19.3 says, A person's own folly leads to their ruin. Yet their heart rages against the Lord. I totally relate to this. I remember being in college uh, my freshman year, had uh, attended UCLA, and I remember being invited to a Bible discussion. At the time, however, I was interested in success in my uh, sport. I was interested in, I had a girlfriend, and we were not living a godly lifestyle. There was sexual sin going on. Uh, I was interested in my future career or all the, the blessings that American life could bring. And that Bible invitation, I just turned it down. And I remember the guy who invited me, he just looked at me and I, he, he knew, he knew the kind of things I was into. And he says, you're not ready, are you? I said, no, I'm not ready. Sadly, it took me to the end of my college days and uh, tremendous folly and sin and uh, choices that I made that hurt me. And eventually I was just tired. I was tired of living a life 
of emptiness. I was tired of not inclining my ear and listening to the words of life or taking the time to consider where would I find those words of life. And I'm grateful God kept reaching out to me in my senior year. I was invited again to a Bible study and this time I responded and it changed my life. I began to listen and I began to live. See, God has higher promises for all of us and we do need to incline ourselves to want to learn something. But it's going to take more than just listening. It's going to take action. And the power to really change is difficult. When I think about God's promises, I think about how he keeps them and we often don't. If you look in Isaiah 55 verse 3 again, we see that it says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. You know, the Lord had spoken about the history of King David. David was a great king of Israel and he had weathered some great trials and difficulties under King Saul. But God had planned a great destiny, not only for King David, but for his offspring and ultimately through his offspring for all of humanity. A faithful promise, an everlasting covenant. He does say in the covenant, if you read it, that if his sons, if King David's sons don't obey, they will be disciplined, but his love will always remain. And I want to read there. Let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 7. Let me read you an excerpt of this eternal promise made to David that actually, through Jesus, passes on to each of us. It says, Now then, tell my servant David, verse 8, I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. My love will never be taken away from him. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. See, God intended to establish an eternal dynasty, a kingship, the kingdom, from David and his offspring. And ultimately, we know in history even that that Jesus was from that lineage. Certainly, his physical father, Joseph, was from the, the family lineage of David. And Jesus was known as the son of David. You know, in this promise, eternal life is promised. Eternal life. An everlasting covenant. And certainly in God's promise of an everlasting life, Jesus brings and proves that through his resurrection. And I was thinking a lot about that. Like, wow, God's promise to build a kingdom started 3,000 years ago. He told this to David. And we know through Jesus and through his message, through the gospel, and here we are in 2021, We also live within this promise of eternity and the promise of an eternal kingdom and a physical reality to that kingdom because we see that Jesus himself resurrected. And it's interesting to think, wow, God, you you maintain your promise, but why has the world then been so messed up? Well, if you look at the history of the world, you really do see that uh, humanity is arcing towards a greater morality. And if you study the Old Testament, you read some of the laws God gave his, his Israelites, and you read them now, they seem barbaric. But in that day, 
Those laws were amazing. Back then, he said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. That was considered a step up in morality. Because if you did anything to anybody back then, they might as well have just killed you. He gave them instead a message of fairness. And the arc of morality, of course, has continued to evolve to where now in Christ, we, of course, believe that there is forgiveness. There is hope. There is new creation. If anyone is in Christ, there is new creation. And we see it even in the morality of our world, this this arcing towards something better, that God's eternal promise does exist. And it's not like we have to leave the earth right now for all of it to exist. Although there's evil right now, we see change. I think about the civil rights movement. Uh, I think about uh, the atrocities that have been put upon mankind through slavery over the years. And I think about um, really what's happened over the past 50 years. And certainly this summer, God allowed us to awaken a little more, even in America and across the globe, to a further uh, energy towards looking at injustice and oppression uh, and wealth disparity and inclusion. God is working. We are evolving and growing. Ultimately, it won't be perfect until Jesus does someday return and an eternity is set about. A new heaven and a new earth are built. But in this world, we can trust the promises of God. God's promises are higher than ours because He does not break His promises. His promises are higher than ours because God intends for us to be transformed. And He wants that for each of us. He wants that in your personal life. He wants that in your family's life. And today the challenge for us is to evaluate uh, the difference between God's promises, which He fulfills, and how we sadly at times do not come through. Um, I don't know about you, but I have not always fulfilled my promises. Uh, certainly 2021 has begun, and um, multiple times I made the promise to myself that I would consistently work out. And I have not fulfilled that. Here we are uh, halfway through the month, and uh, I was talking to Oscar about it. I know he's a personal trainer. I was sort of complaining and asking him, i got to get some help, and he's like, I'll help you. Uh, we oftentimes let ourselves down, and how often do we let other people down? I think about the promise I made in uh, 1990. I said, Jesus is my Lord, before I was baptized. I remember October 15th in the uh, waters here of the Pacific Ocean, I was baptized. And I remember... The, the baptismal confession, Jesus is Lord. That means my time, my energy, my heart, my purity, my self-discipline, my relationships, I put at the feet of God. And I could go through a litany of, of the sins in the Bible, and even as a Christian, I've not kept the promise. And so where am I left? I'm left with relying on God's promise. The promises that He has given me, that if I remain faithful, I get to be a new creation in Christ. And I need God. Each of us needs God today. And I want to land on a promise today we find in the book of Matthew. I want us to look in Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to sandwich chapter 1 with chapter 28. As I talk about our uh, vision for the West Side and God's promises and how they apply to our lives, I want us to read in verse 23 of, of Matthew chapter 1, where it says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I don't know about you, but I cannot hold to my promises without God. 
to read that when God sent Jesus to reveal himself to the human race in human form, he was told, name him Emmanuel, God with us. And I need him with me. And one of the things I think all of us uh, really have to face is that we can't do it without him. Uh, The message of grace is that we will not hold to our promises. And you look at the history of humanity, the history of our country, you look at uh, our own families, your own walk with God, it leads you to a place where you realize God's promises are, sh- are sure, but our ability to hold our side of the bargain oftentimes falls short. In fact, every time. And therefore, we need God to solve the problem. So he says, I will be with them. And we had read uh, in the Old Testament how he will move us and lead us to follow his commands. That he will move us and guide us and put his commands in our very minds. God with us. And so Jesus entered humanity through the incarnation. And of course we get to see his life. We read about it in the Gospels. His love, his ultimate action of going to the cross. His ultimate inspiration that he resurrected from the dead physically and appeared. And said, I am making all things new. And through our understanding of him starting something new, we get to overcome our inability to complete our end of the bargain, our fulfillment of the promises. Jesus gives us the hope because it says he is with us. And as you get to the end of Matthew's gospel, we go to a passage that we're all very familiar with. And if you're not, you should take a good look at it. Um, I have up on the screen verse uh, 19 through 20, but certainly it talked about how all authority had been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth. And then in verse 19, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you. Always to the very end of the age. Do you see the completion of his promise? And even the gospel writer Matthew began with he is with us. And Jesus says, and I am with you. But there is a condition in the great commission that we're all familiar with. As we go and make disciples of all nations, of all people groups. He says, I am with you. And it implies that as we obey and commit to the mission that he's called us to and the life of it, you know, living new creation lifestyles, and as we live this life with an effort to help others understand and turn their ear to God, it says he is with us. And what does that mean? If he's with us, who can be against us? God is with us. It's important for us to meditate and think about What does that mean for our own individual lives? I think about the passage in Luke where Jesus, he says, if they reject you, they reject me. And it's always nice to have somebody backing you up. It's always nice to have somebody that has your um, 
your foundation covered, that you know you, you have somewhere you can go. And I think about in my marriage, I'm super grateful for my wife. Uh, having done ministry for many, many years, she backs me up. Um, ministry is tough. Serving people is tough. But the Bible says Jesus is with us when we do that. When we're about making disciples, Jesus is with us. And I think many times my wife, uh, she sees some of the, the difficulties. Jesus had many difficulties, oftentimes obstacles with people. Um, she's backed me up when she's seen me in sin and knowing I need to repent, and she's called me to it. She's backed me up when I've been accused falsely, and she says, you got to stand your ground, be humble. Uh, she backs me up, and we all need that. And Jesus backs us up. It, the Bible's clear. When we're about this mission, he says, I will be with you always. Church, Westside, we have a vision from God. It's to fulfill this great commission. It started 30 years ago here with the Westside Church, and it's expanded all over the world. We know we are a part of a fellowship that is all over the world. Uh, we're a part of a great fellowship of churches and a, a big movement here in Los Angeles part of the Los Angeles International Church of Christ here in L.A. We're so grateful for our partnerships with Coastal and all over the rest of L.A., uh, the different ministries we get to partner with. And God has a vision for each of us. And I want us to take a quick look. Take a look at this map I have on the screen. And I know um, you can't exactly see uh, the details, but you get a sense of where we live from the, the plots that I put on the map. The pin drops show where people in the west side live. And we're called to evangelize the West Side. We're in partnership with other regions. And certainly these days, uh, geography is part of our mission, but we expand beyond just geography. But I want us to see if you can uh, I'll try to do a close-up here. If you look just above the 10 freeway, there's a sparse number of pins dropped. West Side, I think the calling from God to each of us uh, in fulfilling our side of this promise is it's time to expand. It's time to dream about some of us planting a house church north of the 10 freeway in the west side. Uh, we want to, we have so many of us that live here in the Culver City, Inglewood, and surrounding areas. We have a number of house churches here. But I want us to dream about expanding. And I want to put before you this summer that we plant a house church in Santa Monica and Westwood. Um, certainly when the students are back on campus, we'll have our, our uh, every other week Sunday services up in Malibu. So the students are right there near their campus. And we dream of some marrieds moving up there to Malibu, supporting that. I know we have a few. Uh, we're so grateful for the ones that are up there, for the Pecoses and uh, those, uh, the, of course, the Golds who have supported that. But God's got to inspire you to fulfill his mission as we understand that he always comes through on his promise. So he's with us as we fulfill our side of the bargain. And I want us to dream. We, we want to expand into the inner city. Uh, we, want, we want to build a, a house church in the inner city area that's connected to the west side. We want to go to places we've not been. It's not just places, although I do want to highlight real quick that as a west side and L.A. church, we support the Middle East missions where we have 22 churches that we planted and supported and started. And even this past year through the pandemic and just the craziness of the explosion in Lebanon, it's been their most fruitful year in two decades. We support the work in the, uh, Mexico and Central America and the Nordic Baltic states. I really want us to uh, be faithful to this world mission, understanding that uh, we don't stand alone. We're backed up by one another and certainly 
by the fulfillment of the promise that God is with us. And we will not only go all the wor- to all the world and all the geographic areas on the west side, but I want us to see we need to go to all people. And I believe that God, like I had talked earlier, had opened up a door for us to be more inclusive and concerned and caring. And as disciples of Jesus, making disciples of all nations, we've always wanted to make disciples of anyone we came across. It's not just making disciples. It's loving like Jesus loved. It's caring the way Jesus cared. It's including the way Jesus included. Westside, God has a vision for us to love our community the way Jesus loved and to love a lost world and train them and teach them, fulfilling our end of the ultimate promise as we trust God in his higher promises. I love you. Let's have a great week. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.